Welcome to Front Row Geeks. FRG, episode 155, and I have to say that with a big question because there's going to be an episode missing <laughs> that we didn't, that we did slash did not record, so it doesn't exist anymore, but I think this is 155. I'm joined by Asher and MPX again, and we're here to tell yep. you all the goodness that is happening in our world, and by goodness, I mean, wow, what happened to Cyberpunk? Uh... <laughs> That is a good question because now, I guess I want to start off with some positives with it because I I have to tell you that as as a player my experience has been generally good and I and and even that I have to qualify with yeah the game has massive bugs even if you performance wise can get it to run like um mm-hmm. like well David, the real know, problem on like the low end systems is the fact that it barely looks like a video game like yeah, it looks like somebody literally going inside and running it on a potato, and it <laughs> still runs poorly at that. So, yeah, David, I don't know how many bugs you've run into, but like, it's not it's not minimal. Like, there's bugs that like cause me to have to reload the game, like not crash my game. My game doesn't crash, but they'll give me stuck. Or what this super annoying thing that I have going on right now. Is that our the character Regina, the the quest giver Regina, the police officer? Yeah. She she gives you those message those te- those quests over the call, right? And she always gives you like okay, a synopsis. Yeah. yeah. The bug that I'm encountering right now is that the the synopsis she gives of a situation is like one track behind where you're actually at. So basically, that means that let's say I, f- I just finish a mission with her. And mm. let's say I immediately go fight a, a cyber psycho, which is one of the things you can do in the game, by the way. I know. When mm. I well, I'm, for the audience. Yeah. For when I go encounter that cyber psycho, generally I would receive a call from her giving a, an overview of the situation. What ends up actually happening is that she gives me the final summary of the last situation I was just in with her, instead of giving me the current situation of what I'm in now. And it's staggered like that. So now the next the next checkpoint, she's given me the information she she should given me the, the immediate Previous proceeding. One. Yeah, and I've gone through dozens of missions involving her, and that has not auto corrected itself. I am thirty six hours into this game, and that hasn't gone away. She is consistently just giving me the information from the previous mission that I'm on while going on a new mission. I'm, it's always staggering. Hours. I can go hours between missions with her, and as soon as I pick yeah. up on a new scent on a case involving her, she will immediately just divulge the she, my the the quest that came immediately before will now officially end. Like it won't even end the quest until I find a new thing where she talks to me. Yeah, and that's just like one one example of a myriad of well, things. Well, I've that heard one of the reasons breaking. why this is happening is because people are still playing with their original saves and. 
people are suggesting that you need to start up a new character or a new save. And that's like, uh, really? Considering that I just saw another like 1.7 gig patch download today for Cyberpunk. Ooh. Well, that's good for uh, tonight's stream, but not much use (laughs) if it's still not applying to old saves. Yeah, well, uh, for me, like, I haven't encountered that yet, but then again, like, I'm also doing a lot of exploring now, because I've actually gotten past uh, Chapter 1, a.k.a. the actual uh, prologue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Prologue. So, um, I admittedly, like, I've maybe put in, like, less uh, a little over than half of what you've put in because you said like 36 37 36 37 hours yeah total okay a little uh maybe a little under half of what you've played and i really haven't been doing a lot of quests except for maybe ones that really interest me as well as almost as some people put it don't do crafting it's garbo i disagree that's all i've been doing uh, I've been doing a lot of crafting because, like, half the time it's like I pick up a weapon, it's doing like maybe like less than half of what some of the weapons I've crafted do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I have actually heard, and this is a big thing that apparently was also affecting uh, the saves. Uh, this is a glitch, supposedly, that was carried over from cyberpunk uh from the witcher 3 to cyberpunk 2077 oh what is it if your saves get over uh like seven megabytes it it actually takes longer to load the game and if you get over eight megabytes a save it can potentially crash your game jeez that's an odd bug (laughs) yeah And it's supposed like this is something I read that like this was on Reddit, so take that as you will. But I was saying they're going like everyone's like, oh, I have so many weapons in my inventory, and I'm saying they're going like, do you not just fucking disassemble your old shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like for my playstyle, I'm using like a lot of pistols and revolvers because they do a shit ton of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people use, uh, like, some people use machine guns, shotguns, stuff of that nature. Some people even just going pure melee, which, hey, people play uh, the way they want to play. And it's just affected, like, I, for me, it's like, as soon as I found out, like, there's an actual upper tier limit to your inventory, I'm cleaning the shit out most of the time yeah agreed well there's um, no in- inventory encumbrance and in systems like that right well the, uh, basically when you hit the limit you're basically maxed out on how much uh, like you can't pick up anything new anymore yeah you can overcome yeah but i'm game. saying like yeah. it's not a thing like skyrim where oh yeah. you're carrying so much weight yeah. No, no, yeah, there is. There's there's a limit to how much you can carry before it slows you down and all kinds of like okay. negative effects. All right, so there is some form of encumbrance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And but... you know, you know, besides all these different books we're talking about, like I, I think it's still a great game. Like I just finished, 
Like the only quest lines I've been doing are the ones that get me certain types of weapons that I've been hearing about. Otherwise, I've been doing most exploring too. Like I, I've spent like maybe a good ten hours in the Badlands, just because it's just how how things kind of work themselves out. But oh. but the quests that I have done have been really good. Like everything that we would have, I think we were hoping for as far as like the narrative and you know you know RPing through this game is there, and I think that's all well yeah. and good. But it's all you know deep. It's all locked up behind these glitches and these performance issues and all this like poor decision making on 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 CD Projekt Red's part. Like again I, I and don't again and know again. whether it's poor decision making on CD Projekt Red as a whole, because I mean the developers today have come out against the leadership per se. That's that's fair, and I guess I don't. I, I guess I was just saying that because it's you know it's whether it's part or whole of them, it's still CD PR. Yeah, yeah, I know. I guess, they still ended yeah. up deciding to decide that they were releasing this year. Regard, damn the torpedoes! And well, and here they we are paying for it <laughs> fairly much. I mean, and I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, they deserve it because yeah. every other time a publisher does this, uh, people call them out on their bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason why CD Projekt Red is suffering for it is because they're not really a triple a studio in the same way you know ea ubisoft activision when they end up doing this sort of bullshit i'm glad you mentioned releasing. that because I, I felt the same way that like like while as bad as he, as this game has come out you know as far as all these different issues that we've been talking about yeah um i don't think they're new i think the other other games have done as bad or worse and ha- haven't suffered the same repercussions as cdpr is right now but i think that you're right it's because they didn't have the same level of clout protecting them. And this yeah. is what happens yeah. when you don't have that clout. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that here's the funny thing is like, I literally saw a meme about like Skyrim and it's like lists all the buggy, shitty stuff with Skyrim. And it's like, great game, 10 out of 10, thumbs up. And then like, it was like all the same stuff for like, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, it's like shit game, 2 out of 10 thumbs down, and, and it's like the Well, list I think there's the also same. one other thing playing played into this. Essentially uh, CD Projekt Red got the butt end of how many years of poor releases from other studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of essentially that, you know, people got tired of, you know, really buggy bad releases mm-hmm. and which is and justified think, sure well yeah i mean it's, it's entirely justified i mean let's be honest i think they should have not have released uh those two versions on the previous gen consoles i mean some people are suggesting they should have delayed them they should have done other things about them yeah. i think they should have just simply cut their losses and stopped them but i think maybe i'm not entirely certain on how the contracts work on releasing on certain systems like whether the they ended up having having to release on those systems because they made a promise to Sony and Microsoft that they had to release on those systems. Oh, uh, I will have news about that side of things, but let's finish that part. Uh, okay. Let's finish first. Well, yeah. I, but I wonder yeah. whether there's like clauses going on in there based off, you know, the pre-order metrics that were going on, you know, a year and a half ago mm-hmm. when they opened up pre-orders and like over 8 million people pre-ordered the game. At that point, yeah. and we don't know how many more have pre-ordered 
uh, pre-ordered since then. And of course, this is why you don't pre-order <laughs> because you're going to get what you get. It's classic, right? Like how many like and and I'm I'm guilty of pre-ordering all the time. But this is the classic example that we've brought up for years about like the dangers of pre-ordering. We gave CDPR the wrong impression, and they ran with it into the ground. Well, I think <laughs> it's the fact that a lot of these studios probably use pre-ordering to gauge exactly how popular it is the same way they've been using uh, Kickstarters to gauge the popularity mm-hmm. of any project. Mm-hmm. It's not really about uh, gaining so much monetary advancement or things like that. Well, maybe it is. It's certainly but... part of it, I think. Yeah, but I think it's also a matter of gauging exactly, you know, how successful a product is. And I think that might have fed into, you know, why they had to release, you know, all concurrently because of maybe contractual obligations. Says, oh, it's such, uh, it's going to be such a hit. It's going to have so much hype behind it. So, of mm-hmm. course, we need to reserve so many copies that need to be sold, that we expect to sold on these systems. We need to sell, and therefore, sell, if you sell. don't fulfill them, uh, well, CD Projekt Red has to take it out of there. If they don't uh, honor the contract, there's probably clauses in there to uh, screw them up the asshole, like billions of dollars. But they're already losing billions of dollars, so their their shareholders are at least. <laughs> well, their stock is. Yeah. Although anyway, I mean, well, even even in the position they are now, they still. They still got back their development costs, so they're in the green, actually. As far as they're probably speaking. in the green, and they probably will recover from this because I'm pretty yeah. sure people purchasing Cyberpunk 2077 a year from now are going to be much happier with that purchase, yeah. the same way people are happy with you know No Man's Sky purchasing <laughs> it now versus you know four years ago. Before we yeah. even get to that perspective, though, David, go ahead and reveal the only thing we haven't mentioned about this game yet. The other, uh, the other consequence. It has been removed, and people have received refunds for the PlayStation and Xbox digital stores. Which, damn. Which, wow. If if it wasn't bad already, that is like, damn. And it's not a, like, oh, it's been removed from the PS4 store. It's been removed from the PlayStation store and the Xbox store. As in, if you... Wanted uh, to purchase this digitally, regardless of platform, you can't. You can't. You had to have a physical copy of the game. Talk about unprecedented. Of course I am wondering about that. What Hmm. are your thoughts? Uh, I wonder if some people are going to be purchasing Cyberpunk 2077 on PS4 for the memes like break it out five years later or I mean, something like that and maybe, go ha 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 look how bad this game is maybe but it goes back to what we were saying before. And, and david you can tell me if you think differently but i i think past these bugs and these like these issues they're having kind of mm-hmm. are almost superficial it's a great game i'm having yeah. a blast with the game I think if someone bought it for the memes, they'll end up having a good time with it. That'd be like the best thing that happened to them. Well, yeah, but if you're purchasing something for the memes, it's not really about the quality of the product. It's almost about the ah, uh, well, sure, it but, is but quality. You, you, you end up getting not... stuck into it. You end up, how can you not get sucked into it? Because I think it does yeah. that. Like once you get past uh, the bugs, which you have I mean... <laughs> looked at what the game looks like on PS base PS4, right? Well, I mean, yeah, there's that for sure. Though I guess I, I mean I, I assume, but with a 
cautionary assume that's going to get fixed in a few months like they have to fix that yeah. because like you said they're already from the sound of it that they are trying to make sure that they are uh actually genuinely uh going to fix the game because they have to regain their uh customer confidence yeah. unfortunately the the other part of this is the fact that they've been sort of the uh, golden child of the industry of being, oh, so consumer friendly and all that mm-hmm. great thing. And it's all out the door right now. Yep. Lost it all. Lost it all. Yeah. yeah. Deserve and again, so. because they're not like evil overlord EA and goes like, yeah, but they still have billions of dollars from microtransactions. Yeah. See you, nerds. Yeah. I mean, they got GOG kind of helping them with that front, too, in, in a sense. So, I mean, financially, they're yeah. fine. But, man, this is a huge hit, the reputation. They may never come back from this, even if they release good games from now on. This is... Uh, that's that's the other thing, is that some people are saying that the reason why people are bombing, uh, like, CDPR, is that they're technically hoping to get GOG shut down. You think? I mean, I guess it's, I can kind of see that, but it's like... It's a, <laughs> it's a tinfoil hat theory is what I've been seeing it as. <laughs> but I'm seeing it's like, so, because, uh, like, I'm saying it's like, yeah, I play it on Steam. Uh, you play it on Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. But, like, you, uh, like, if you have a GOG account, you get some pretty good stuff from, uh, like, uh, C- uh, Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's what CDP, uh, CDPR uh is is technically like their platform well the idea behind gog is to have essentially games with no drm in other words you can download and officially own the game you don't have to worry about the launcher you don't have to worry about you know connecting online to verify the account you don't have to do we already worry about vimeo uh not vimeo uh whatever types of external DRMs, you know, third-party DRM stuff that causes all sorts of other hell and such. De Nouveau. Which certainly yes, has contributed the to their, like, good guy reputation up to this point. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. they've also lost some due to the fact that they've been uh, forced to take off a game that was uh, criticized by a certain country, China, Devotion that they had to remove devotion from the store. I heard a little, and that's also I didn't did deep dive into that, but I've heard mumblings of it. Yeah, I think this is one of the. If you want my tinfoil hat theory, I think uh, there's some open corporate warfare going on to try to devalue uh, CD Project uh, Red, so the Mm -hmm. stock gets cheaper, so they can buy it up. I mean, tinfoil, but now I guess the only thing that I, I, I'm almost willing to see that, but I guess the only thing that would make it tinfoil or not would be, is that action being taken as an opportunity for what's happening or as the, you know, is like the main driver for what's happening. Like I can see that as like someone seeing this, like, oh man, they really screwed the pooch. Let's take it up. Let's take it this opportunity and make bank on it. Or are you saying that it, this whole thing was instigated to to do that from the start? I wouldn't say instigated from the start, but I think the idea is that they're taking advantage of the current climate. In other words, I can see that. because things are going badly for them, because their stock is being devalued, they can hopefully 
devalue it a bit further by making big asks of them, making stoke the flames. Uh, yeah, fan the flames, and essentially, you know, uh, get their stock to lower enough that they can get enough people selling it that they can uh, purchase enough to get a a uh, sizable uh, share, so yeah. they can have yeah. say on what CD Projekt Red does. That may be tinfoil, but man, I I wouldn't I wouldn't That's dismiss that corporate business one hundred and one. Yeah, I wouldn't dismiss that. <laughs> it's also some of the shit that you encounter in cyberpunk. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, we live in a cyberpunk dystopia, except it doesn't have cool jackets, uh, metal arms, and you know, and punks. Somebody, somebody <laughs> dropping a nuke in the middle of essentially L.A. You know the fun shit. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I will agree that most of the advertisements I've seen in Cyberpunk are like 100%. Like I'm pretty sure if we didn't have, if the FCC was run by an actual corporation and not by the government, there would be ads like what we see in Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Cyberpunk is doing definitely doing a good job of living up to its name <laughs> as far as like showing that shit up. Like, and that's kind of what we were thinking, right? Like, before the game came out, we were thinking, like, I wonder if it's going to go that deep into it. I think it does. I think truly it's it's doing it. Yeah, considering that, like, the last mission that I did before kind of stopping was a guy literally exposing the fact that veteran affairs, at least in the world of cyberpunk, got bought out by a corporation. And so, like, all these people that used to be part of the military they go to veterans affairs they get their uh cybernetics ripped out and then replaced with cheap uh, like very cheap replacements Ooh. and yeah, the guy was being, that one yet. And, and and i'm going like that's that hits close to home because i know about like some of the va uh hospital stuff that goes on and it is kind of disturbing to know that it's like that is a that is a little too close to home to find that you know so. even even the plots they do have you done any of the quest with pan am have you met that character yet not yet okay uh i, I so i um, won't spoil too much then but it, it's funny with the more i think about it that it was actually a long quest line that i felt didn't relate so much to cyberpunk as the genre itself but still really fit into the world the world building they had in that in that area like obviously it's still incorporated cyberpunk-esque things obviously because it's the world that you yeah. live in but it was almost it was they did such a good job telling that story as a kind of a like a compliment to what was going on in, in that game that it was just it was well done like like i, I felt mm-hmm. moved to buy it and i was like yeah that's what that's what we wanted from this game like you know, for all the hype that we were giving it, I think that was some of the stuff we were hoping would come out of this game. But again, it's buried beneath all this other BS they brought up, brought on this on, them, on themselves. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna basically put it out there as a fact that, like, from my perspective, it's like, yeah, it's buggy. But then again, like, what open world game isn't? Yeah, sure, I agree. As someone who plays and- the Fallout games, yeah. <laughs> Considering that, like, I've seen a couple people defend Cyberpunk going, like, are you a fan of Fallout? Yes. 
And they're like, then why are you complaining about Cyberpunk? And like, it's a buggy piece of mess shit. It's like, well, Fallout 76 was a buggy piece. It's like, you don't dare say that about Fallout. Well, it's not just simply Fallout 76. Fallout 76 was just inexcusably buggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While somehow, you know, Fallout 4, Fallout 3 was acceptably buggy for some reason. Yeah, and, and I think it's just uh, the the things that really stick out be, besides that is that, you know, the performance issues that are particularly bad in the, in the last-gen consoles. And then there's that controversy about how CDR didn't give it, didn't allow people to use their own footage for reviews, and they weren't giving out non-PC copies. It was only PC copies, so obviously they were showing off their best version of their work. And it's all yeah. mixing in, again, on top of the lack of clout that we talked about earlier, right? That these aren't, this isn't yeah. EA that they can't shield themselves as well as an EA or a Blizzard can. Like, all that mixed into this cocktail of BS that they're having to deal with. Justified for sure, but definitely you're seeing it impact it maybe more than you would see somebody else. But at the same time, like, technically, if uh, CDPR is getting this much flack, there really shouldn't be the amount, uh, like, I I know it doesn't have as much shielding, but technically, like, we should expect uh, the bigger companies to have a much better uh, time than CDPR mm-hmm. because, well, they they should have the clout to actually put in more people and time to take care of shit like that. And so, yet, here we are. And, <laughs> and that's the thing is, like, I'm sitting here going, like, I'm wondering why the conversation is still focusing on cyberpunk and not going into hey if cd if cdpr was forced to do this um what's the excuse of the bigger companies like i'm not seeing why the conversation isn't rolling over to that side because all yeah. i've seen is it just somehow roll uh, just focus on cyberpunk just well that's because cyberpunk is currently in the news mm-hmm. cyberpunk has been released it's like the fact that all of those companies, when they released those things, yes, they received backlash for it, but they weathered the backlash. Like, yeah. it was a game of mu- musical shares, but whenever it was their turn to be out, they went, mm, no. No. David, to give you a metaphor, we're, we're like Obi-Wan, and Cyberpunk is like Anakin as he's burning up. You were the chosen one. We thought you were, you were supposed to... I forget the speech, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like you were, you were supposed to save the force, not destroy it, not <laughs> yeah. tear it apart. <laughs> so I think yeah. I think that that contributes a lot to why the feelings are the, are what they are with CDR. But yeah, oh, I, I, I think public, not tear it apart. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. I think I think the metaphor is there. But yeah, I think mm. CD, CDR was supposed to be our golden child for this, right? Like if anybody can do this, it's them. And then here we are yeah. realizing, oh no, they are not special. <laughs> But, yeah, because, like, everyone was, like, basing everything off of, like, the major success of uh, Witcher 3. And I, it's like, and I remember a little bit about the Witcher 3 launch, and it was still kind of yeah. buggy as shit. It was. It's just the fact that it's, like, people kind of left alone because it wasn't that big of a game series. Whereas compared to the hype train that is literally cyberpunk, mm-hmm. um, that's 
probably the issue is the fact that there was just so much hype with Cyberpunk. Yeah, okay. Any disappointment was going to be magnet was going to be multiplied. Any disappointment was going to be multiplied. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope I hope they come out of this. I really do because I, I do appreciate the game. I think it's a great game. Yeah. You know, behind all this other stuff that they've gotten themselves into, I, I hope they turn it around. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like my perspective is like, I'm going to support cdpr because hey they did an amazing job yes it's Mm -hmm. still buggy but they're they're doing like what any other company did is just addressing it and trying to fix it up while it's live i learned about watching you but at the same time uh like i think the reason why uh cyberpunk got pulled from playstation and uh microsoft stores was because the the amount of refund backlash. Mm-hmm, that too. Um, because, like, I remember Steam talking about, uh, like, had to app, like, when No Man's Sky got released, they actually had to revamp their own refund policy to handle it. The uh, No Man's Sky's uh, backlash for quotations failing the hype. Yeah, this is another example of how I think CDR kind of messed up their own kind of PR with this, is that because they put out that message earlier in the week, we're like, okay, you know, if you're having an issue with it, you know, go through refunds, get that squared away. And then we find out like two days later on an investor call, yeah, we're not doing anything special with the refunds, we're just having them go through PlayStation and Xbox. So I think they kind of forced their hand when it came to that, like, oh, if you're not going to work with us on a special refund procedure on this... We're just going to remove you outright and force you to figure things out without being on, active on the store. Yeah, and and yeah, admittedly, I've seen some people literally complain about the fact that it's like, I still wanted to play Cyberpunk, but I wanted to get my refund. Why aren't you letting me play in Cyberpunk? And I'm like, <laughs> do you not know how this works, good sir? <laughs> if If you didn't want it, you should have just purchased you know, it's like you really should not have done that <laughs> if you wanted to play the game you paid it that's it if you wanted if you wanted a refund you don't get the game simple as that but well, i mean yeah well the refunds i think might be justified in this case but yeah there's so many well, policies I'm, about that. I, I'm talking about the people that still wanted to play Cyberpunk 2077, after but the they wanted a full refund uh, after oh. a refund. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's silly. <laughs> it's yeah. like if you want a refund, get the refund. You don't get the game. If you want to play the game, you paid for it. Yeah. Just play the game. Yeah. Although, on a similar note. I think if you don't already own Cyberpunk, you could probably wait a little. <laughs> you, you you could probably stand to wait until you know they fix some things. Maybe you get at a discount if you wait about a month or two. Like if you're not in already, you can probably wait. <laughs> yeah. Um. Admittedly, like I have encountered uh, like the only time that I've actually had my game crash on me was basically one time when the launcher came up. And I press play, and it would crash from the launcher. Ugh. 
but that was like very early on and since then i haven't really encountered it but i think most of the complaints that people are like this is a piece of shit game are mostly just aimed at the graphics because Mm -hmm. um most people are basing it off of like major streamers or youtubers that have ungodly rigs that have like 3080s or 3090s that they got from Nvidia because they're influencers you know and what? they're yeah. playing with and they have ray tracing. So you know you you bring up a decent point and I I haven't brought this up yet but like you know I have a decent machine. I just finished upgrading mm-hmm. it to be a decent machine. I have a I have a 27 super, 2070 super RTX. Yep. And I am a little disappointed that I'm barely able to get 30 frames per second. Like I had to, I, and and adjusting some settings, I can sometimes get to about 45 ish. But like, like there's there's oh. only there's less than a handful of cards right now, n- not including mine, that can run Cyberpunk at Ultra RT with. At 60 frames per second at 1440p, which, like, on one hand, yeah, I guess if you want the best experience, you know, you gotta shut the money for it. But like, damn, Cyberpunk really asked a lot, you know, to to run the way they want it to run. Well, I think it's future proofing in a way. Like, it'll be better once the game has been out for so many years and the technology and cards capable of running it on those high end settings are uh, far more common. Yeah, well, it, here's the funny thing is like um my rig is by all means technically except for maybe the graphics card a toaster essentially right now. Um it serves me well, it's done okay. And somehow I'm getting better FPS than you are, Eddie? I mean, it might also be that I'm running at a 1440. I don't know if you have a 1440 model. Same here. You do? Well, then I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> what settings do you happen to have? We'll probably have to check once you open up the game. I mean, yeah. ex- there has been some articles about what to tweak here and there. I, I'll even share one in our, our feed for it, just for your reference. But I'm basically okay. running RT Ultra, because that's what I should be able to do, according to everything that I've read. Uh, <laughs> I'm running on high, but I'm also running like 1440... Because I uh, like it was getting really staggering when I ran it 4K because I actually run it on my 4K monitor. So are you doing ray tracing? Uh, I can't do ray tracing though. Ah, okay. Well, then there you go. That's that's probably what it is. I'm doing ray tracing. Uh, uh, you and uh, put on the little uh, I forget what it's called uh, thing that's supposed to help with that DLSS. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do, and it helps a little bit. Like yeah, that's one of the, I, I did tweak a few things to make it work to work just well, and that's how I can sometimes get the forty five fifty ish, but it's not consistent. Jim, I hate to say this, maybe you're gonna have to take off ray tracing. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, yeah, it, I it, know it, the game needs ray tracing for it to really hit that visual it, eye. I didn't upgrade my computer to be told that I have I can't play ray tracing on Cyberpunk. <laughs> but so you have pissed. ray tracing on Minecraft though. But that, yes. that's the thing, Eddie, is that, like, technically, like, your rig is a lot better than mine. 
But when I mean like streamers or influencers or YouTubers are beasts of machines, I mean like oh, Nvidia yeah. gave them top of the line cards. They're like thirty. Well, it's not just simply that; it's also whether or not they were uh, tuned properly before they got them, mm-hmm. because yeah. that can also be a thing. They're they're playing like Henry Cavill right now. No, Have no, no. It's not so him? much like setting up their own system. It's the fact that they had an expert set up their system. Mm. Somebody who understands, you know, how to uh, tweak their, everything, tweak everything correctly, make sure all the system, uh, like the BIOS settings are correct, you know, yeah. double check, make sure Windows isn't doing ridiculous things in the background. I'll have to show you my settings. When when we're streaming, I'll show you my settings, and then I'll show you what what I've been doing. But to tangent a little bit, have have you seen those memes about Henry Cavill? uh, 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 The ones about, like, him building his own computer, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the week that Cyberpunk came out, apparently Mm -hmm. he was injured on set filming the the, the next Witcher. Yeah, yeah. So, so like they're saying that <laughs> the same week that Cyberpunk comes out, he just happened to hurt his leg and is now offset. <laughs> you know, and also he shows he's showing us pictures of his new system the same week. It's like, oh, well, okay. he made that system. I think a couple uh, over a month or two ago. Yeah, well, I guess uh, he's just been sharing the picture now or something. He Weird. shared out the video of him setting it up. Yeah, like two months ago. Oh, maybe it is the same one. Maybe we're just people, people are just bringing up the picture. I thought it was a recent picture. Well, if he ended up having to break his leg to uh, play Cyberpunk 2077, it probably is the same computer. <laughs> that's Wink. how he, that's how he called, called off of work. <laughs> well, considering how a set works, there's not much else he could possibly do to actually, you know, get off time from work. Because... I mean, like the entire nonsense going on with uh, Tom Cruise and his set. I'm trying to see if I can Did find you hear about picture that picture that's been going. No, I haven't heard about that. I'm also trying to find that picture I saw the other day, but no, I haven't heard ah. about that. The what? The Tom Cruise stuff? Oh, 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 Tom Cruise. Sorry, I thought you said somebody else's name. Yeah, I did. I did hear about the Tom Cruise stuff. I don't know if you want to get into it here, though, but. Not really, because I don't think it's all that important. No. Other than people are leaving from the set, which is sort of an odd thing to see here. It's a complicated thing. It's probably not even worth first getting into, honestly. Not at the moment. Maybe with more information, but... Sure. Here, I just posted that picture of him with his... That I thought was taken this week, apparently. But Mm. maybe it wasn't. Admitted... The picture could have been taken this week. Because it's, uh, admittedly, like, technically, I believe NVIDIA initially gave him a uh, 2080, but then they might have sent him, like, 3080. <laughs> See, it even says on the on the headline that Henry Cavill upgrades PC following injury. <laughs> yeah, but it's one thing to, you know, put in a new graphics card. It's another thing entirely to, you know, completely construct the PC in question. Because I thought you were talking about that. Yeah. Really, the whole point but, of the story is that is that he it wouldn't be funny if he purposely if he quote unquote got hurt so he can go play cyberpunk. That's the, that's the <laughs> gist of the whole thing. <laughs> but hey, guys, at, at the same I'm time, hurt, sorry. It, but 
the one thing I can state is that the the people that are actually you know praising the game are the people that says that like even though it it has some graph it glitches and the graphics aren't quite as good as the beastly machines that some influencers have is that there are people surprised day by day by the fact that they can still play it on their old like five or six I've even seen some people say seven year old system and it mm -hmm. still plays fairly well as long as you have a decent graphics card in your system exactly like yeah i think I... yeah like, like we've said i think it's just that there i think the the base last gen systems kind of got maybe you know they weren't optimized as well as they should have been for that and you know again mm -hmm. all this hype that the game didn't live up to because of course not how could it all kind of mixed up into this kind of situation we're in. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm saying there from my perspective, like I'm just, I'm still going to play a game that I'm absolutely, I absolutely like because the yeah. fact is like, God, it like every time I've seen like a science fiction game, it's usually like in space and not like, some of the crazy nitty gritty stuff that you could get with cyberpunk. Yeah, cyberpunk. And then again, yes. So I, I think we've kind of exhausted uh, talking about cyberpunk. Except one last thing. Uh oh. The the collab that you guys told me about. Oh right. Which apparently uh, is is they've been doing other collabs, which is interesting. Yeah. But. Take it away. Um, do you want to do it, uh, MPX, or should I? Uh, you go ahead. So uh, there's been a, basically a game that we did stream. Death Stranding is doing a collab. An FRG um, favorite. And uh, it's like they've basically added in a couple of things like uh, you can now have like the little tiny like uh, cybernetic eye line, face line stuff. Uh, you get a silver hand modeled <laughs> after a very important character <laughs> from the game. Uh, that's adorable. Uh, holograms now include a samurai uh, symbol signboard as well as the Atlas Trauma Team vehicle hologram for certain constructions. And you do get a certain Johnny sunglasses. <laughs> um and I'm just trying to uh, like they've done other things where it's like they've done collabs with uh Half-Life Alex. Um people have tried recreating like uh pictures and photos. And it's a free update that's literally just part of uh, Death Stranding on PC. Yeah, I was about to ask, are these only for PC? I don't fully know, but from my perspective, I think they're PC only. Man, this this makes me want to buy Death Stranding for PC, even though that's a game we clearly finished on a stream already. But I kind of now want to want to buy it for PC so I can get in on this. Yeah. Plus, I wonder how how much better it looks on my R RTX card. Mm -hmm. From what I've heard, like some people have stated that, uh, oh yeah, uh, like some of the other crossovers that they did, like with the um, 
like Half-Life Alex, they added in like Strider holograms, um, other Neat. things of that nature. But yeah, it, it's it's weird that Kojima Studios is still updating Death Stranding, at least PC wise, because of the weird collabs and that like just weird. Bless them. Maybe Kojima, Kojima Industries will be our new golden boy developer. Maybe they won't fail us. <laughs> well, they're technically owned by Sony right now, so... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> we need a new prophet. Who will be our gaming messiah? Shigeru Miyamoto. Ah, yes. You're right. We don't need another one. We have him. May he never fail us. <laughs> Although I've been seeing a lot of people complaining, like, oh, Nintendo is garbage. I'm like, dude, no, it's Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo has some issues. Like, they have yeah, issues, they... definitely. Yeah. The whole melee thing that's happening in the last couple of weeks, I've been hearing, is a big, big target on like how problematic they can be on their own. Yeah. And their online but... stuff is always trash. Well, that's because of the fact that they came in late to it. So that excuse made sense like five years ago. I don't know if it makes sense in twenty twenty. <laughs> like they should be, they should be better by now. <laughs> but I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. So, I I think we've kind of gotten most of everything Cyberpunk pulled out. Cool. In that case, you guys want to hear about these new movies I've been watching? Sure, why not? Okay, because I promised that I would do this, but I didn't, didn't. But <laughs> I've watched two movies, that two recent releases, and I must tell you about them. Well, technically Tenant is now that recent because it released, like, what, over a month ago? Yeah, but who, but who watched it? <laughs> a fair amount of people, just not enough. <laughs> All right, well, let me start with The New Mutants because that's, that's the one I watched first. So I watched the New Mutants, this this movie that refused to come out years after it's been it was finished being produced. I, I watched it because they finally released it, and I gotta say, not bad. It's not bad for an X Men movie made by Sony. It's not bad. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's um it's typical teen drama, you know, like very teen drama esque. Lots of uh. Uh, teen angst and you know rebellion and growing up blah 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 and all those underlying things you hear and and see in those kind of movies so it was, that was pretty typical but you know obviously it had the flair of being you know all that but now your kids are mutants so there was that yeah. um, definitely the movie had an issue with trying to find its voice like and I think a lot of it you, you also heard off while it was being produced that originally it was being conceived as kind of a much more horror movie, like a horror movie set in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. But there is a sense that they gave up on it like halfway through production because the first half of the movie definitely is like like horror movie vibes. Like we were looking to... That even these superpower people can be scared and horrified just like you kind of thing. And then it turns into your, you know, your beat-em-up towards the end, which is not in and of itself bad. It's just that... Especially when you consider that at least the first thing they were trying was a little, little you know, new and interesting and unique, only to end up converting into the typical typical fare, which again 
pretty good typical fare, but you were kind of let down by the promise of something special. So I think that happened. But otherwise, you know, like they did a good job. The effects were good. The actors did did what did good. Actually, it turned out that one of the characters in that movie is now playing the main character in Queen's Gambit. So if anybody likes to follow that, that actress, she, she's doing a lot of work right now, and it's all good. So feel free to follow her on that. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. Like, you're definitely getting the sense that they wanted this to be the start of something new and great. And, but I think that's also what's been happening a lot lately is that this whole merger with Disney and the X-Men moving over to new owners, blah, blah, blah. So in the end, like, who knows what's going to happen? Like, probably nothing. Like, this might be the end of it. If it wasn't, if it didn't grab the attention of everybody swiftly and effectively, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to do anything else with it. So it's a one and done deal, which I think in and of itself is kind of good. You don't have to worry about. Well, I think lore. there's the entire problem of ownership because I'm pretty sure when they did the new mutants, it was still under Fox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though Disney now owns most of what Fox was, uh, I can't help but think that it's probably, you know, still a bit of a problem of uh, trying to sell people on mutants, especially since they couldn't use mutants for the longest time in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is definitely a, a lot of... The, the, there's This movie has baggage. A lot of it, it's not its fault. But it, it hangs, if you know anything about it. I think if you're somehow are completely uh, unaware of, of that history and that um, that baggage, I guess, for again, for lack of a better term. It, again, it's a decent movie. I think it does pretty well, but nothing extraordinary and nothing that's going to speak to executives who are looking to, you know, fill their pockets with more money. This is not going to, this movie isn't going to cut it. Which is kind of a shame, because I think it was, again, a decent movie, has a lot of potential, but it, it didn't well not everything needs to be a franchise yeah yeah I guess that's also true too that's also very true and in that sense I think you're going to get a pretty good standalone film out of this mm-hmm. so there's that questions comments concerns eh not much uh. now the other one was Tenant. I saw that last night ah I think half the problem with Tenet succeeding at the theaters was honestly because it's not that good of a film in terms of easily relatability. It's a very high concept concept. Which, I mean, short answer is yes, you're absolutely right. Like, as far as, you know, a movie of Nolan's that I've cared about, this is definitely on the bottom of the list like quality wise the movie has quality they did a good job with the movie it's well produced it hits good notes but yeah but from what i've heard about the actual story and the mechanics like yes the film literally had to go on and on about making sure people understood what was actually going on with the time travel stuff and i can tell you i still didn't know it wasn't good. Yeah. And, there, and there's the crux. Inception, they did a really good job. And, and I think it's part of it. Maybe he went too far with this concept. 
because Inception. Well, I think this you know, concept really was that he was trying to express it visually, and had to make sure people are on the same page as him, even it, with the visuals of exactly how it was working. And even then, I wonder whether the test audiences were just sort of like. I don't understand a single thing that's going on. Like, I really want to be a fly on the wall on those test yeah. initial test audiences. Yeah, I I had to pull up Wikipedia in the middle of the movie just to double check what I was. And the, it's funny. The only time I've done that, which I think I've mentioned on this podcast, was Cats, where I had to pull up Wikipedia in the middle of the movie and go, "What the what the hell is going on?" <laughs> because, what you didn't what bother to watching? check what Cats was about? It's cat. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Dang, okay, I get it now. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, Tenet just was hard to grasp. It really was. And I don't know if it's just that this idea is just way too abstract. Or maybe a two-hour movie isn't enough. Maybe if there was like a series where they had more time to like introduce you to little bits here and there. I think the biggest problem the is, is the question of whether the, the very uh, format of the film is supposed to even mirror the concept of the film itself like because of how time is going backwards or being i I don't even know myself because i haven't watched it i've just simply watched some reviews of it oh yeah it's a trip to watch like because i had had yeah i'm guessing it it is a trip to watch but it's a thing of like i don't understand what's going on sort of thing it's like and that's the thing. We use trip. Like, sometimes I've said that and I've meant that as a positive way. Like, man, that movie was a trip. But this time it's like, that movie yeah. was like, like, ugh. Like, it's just, like, it, and it wasn't necessarily unpleasant. I think that's the main reason why it didn't succeed very well. Is that yeah. It literally takes so much effort to pay attention to it. Yeah. When it's supposed to be telling you a story that you're essentially trying to have a conversation with an object. It's like, explain this. Explain better. <laughs> okay, the, you explained it, but yeah. now I don't care about it because, like, ah, yeah. like there's only like one. I think by the end of the movie, there is something, something to grab at. You know, like, oh, in the end, this is what it all meant. But it didn't. It didn't help make the journey much. You know, it didn't improve on the journey a little bit. Having thought on it for the last twenty four hours, there are parts of the movie that are now better with introspection, but like n- not sufficient. Like, not. It does. It's not enough to 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 raise the quality of the movie. Like the movie, this movie is like a six to me. Like, like a strong six. And like, like yeah, it was quality. It was fun. Like I see what you were doing there, here and there, but it it just everything was just too distracting. And I really and I and I think even in the end, I still didn't make much sense of it. Like it was still confusing. Like, and confusing might even be too strong a word because I think I think I know exactly what it is that happened. It's just that, like, if I didn't have to say it out loud to myself or it wasn't explained by a character on screen, I think I, I don't know if I would have understand it independently. Or even that it just didn't I, look great. Even execution sometimes just didn't look great, specific to their their in world mechanic. I think the problem really was is that as I one of the reviewers I saw complain about is that. There was no empathy in the film. The protagonist yep. is literally called yes. protagonist or yes. pro. There is one person though that the, the the actress in that movie I think did a fantastic job on, in, mm-hmm. on her own. But yeah, um, 
just about everybody else was like, who are you and why? What do we care? Well, what? it's like a very dry film. Like, there's very little character interaction. It doesn't quite have a empathetic through line of which people can at least grasp on and go, okay, I at least care about this character caring about this thing. If that makes sense. No, Versus, it doesn't. It makes just about sense as the movie I watched. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say is that if people at least can latch on to something like an emotional bond, like saying, okay, I want to see whether this character gets revenge, whether this character you know, succeeds or fails yeah. or something like that, versus I don't know whether the character has succeeded or failed. And there's that a little bit. Like that, that actress I was talking about definitely gives you a little bit of that, but not the protagonist. Like, And then none of the none of the people supporting the protagonist until the very end. Like the last scenes in the movie, there's something. And it helps reshape and recolor the rest of the movie but not enough to justify it in my opinion like like it may go like, oh okay that's neat and then that was it like that was as strong as my feelings were at the end of the movie <laughs> i mean I, I guess like in other words it's something to watch yeah but it, i think in some ways it probably was the worst film to reopen theaters with absolutely I mean, unfortunately, they didn't have Endgame spend back another year, so <laughs> that would have been the perfect th film to reopen theaters with. Yeah, or, or but didn't unfortunately, want people to it theaters. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And the other thing about the, this whole thing is that I'm not necessarily a, a Nolan apologist, but if I was, this movie would have made it way harder to be one. Well, like, like, like I, I'm on one hand, I, I'm sort of ambivalent to the entire thing because on one hand, uh, Nolan set out to make a film that was tackling a far harder thing than mm -hmm. most people are willing to do, such as a new way to look at time travel or trying to express that in the artistic element of film. But on the other hand, it is sort of a almost self-absorbed passion project that most people would criticize others of doing. The difference is, is that this one is, you know, not so much as a narcissistic thing, but just simply, you know, he just really wanted to do something that was totally different from what any other film has done before. Mm -hmm. And I think so. it's this, this time he bit off more than he can chew, which, you know, it happens sometimes. It happens. I, I wouldn't hold it against him. but I mean, we're talking about the director who directed... Uh, 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 what was the third Bat Batman film in the Nolan trilogy? Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So it's not that he's incapable. It's not that he's infallible. Yeah, and, f and few, if any, are. Anyway. So yeah, you go ahead and watch it. I think it's an experience, but I don't know if it'll be... I don't know anybody who... who... Had a deep you don't know of anybody who will be a fan of this film. They yeah. may be a fan of Nolan, and they may recommend watching Tenet, but you don't think there's going to be people talking about this time mechanic going forward. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I want to see a Tenet universe, the same way they would say, I want to live in the world of uh, Inception. 
yeah, like people still talk about Inception today. Like, there's stuff there that is like in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Tenet is is going to bring none of that here. Nothing. <laughs> about the only thing I think it does maybe in that regard is that, huh? Robert Pattinson can play a pretty good Bruce Wayne, I think, because I think he he plays kind of a Bruce Wayne in this for a few scenes. And I'm like, huh? Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, but from the <laughs> sound from the set of the Batman or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been hearing bad things? I thought he was. I thought I was yeah. hearing good things. I was hearing. Good I've things. been hearing bad things. Ooh. Like he's decided to. I think he got. I think the uh, lockdowns have gotten to him a bit, and made him a bit kooky, because he's decided <laughs> that you know what. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy, famous actor, uh, not Steve McQueen. Uh, earlier than him uh i'm trying to think of this not james cagney no uh are you thinking casablanca guy arg. no i'm trying no. to think of one of the major like heartthrob actors of the 1960s and 70s i think he died young mm, i feel like i know uh, what you're talking about but the name is slipping me too that's why I was yeah thinking was i think casablanca he guy. was the star of rebel without a cause Okay, let me Google it, because I know if I see the name, okay. I'll go, yeah, let's see. Yeah, so, uh, but the thing is, is that he decided to say that his hero, actor, uh, didn't have to work out, so why should he, for this superhero film... Oh, James Dean? Is yeah, about? James Dean. Thank you. But he, uh, he decided out. that, that James deal. Dean has never worked out a day in his life for a film, so why should he... He showed up at the set as skinny fat, Ugh. like the worst body shape, uh, essentially there was talks of just simply having uh, his mouth, you know, the area where the cowl is exposed, just superimposed on top of all the uh, stuntmen Ugh. and things like that. And I think he might have actually gotten sick at one point. So oh, yeah, shooting has uh, stopped, I think. So uh, of course, listening to how most of these uh, shooting and like productions go on, it's no wonder why people just simply say you should be happy that the movie happens to exist at all because it was absolute chaos to get it even started to begin with yeah so much goes into making those movies and so much can go into failing them it's a miracle it happens at all mm-hmm. yeah absolutely which gives more you know credence to the whole idea that you know hey nolan knock yourself out if you can pull it off and that oh well i guess you know this one isn't going to be a runaway success sorry man It's okay. <laughs> okay, with that, that's those are the movies that I watched. Mm-hmm. The only other... thing, I... oh, go ahead. The only thing I could probably bring up is Monster Hunter movie has been released. That's right, it came out yesterday, right? Uh, I think it was today, I believe. Okay, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I saw the I saw a lot of uh, trailers. Well, not trailers. I saw a lot of ads for it. But yeah, I haven't committed to watching it yet, but I probably should. 
at some point between now and next time we record. If you do watch it, can I join you for it, Eddie? Absolutely. We'll 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 make we'll we'll work it out. Yeah. I'm sure I'll start <laughs> looking for it. I'll, I'll I'll you know what I find. <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, so I mean, there's there's death to look forward to, which isn't the beginning of the movie, so I guess it's not that much to look forward to. But after that, it'll be. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear what you think of it. You know, how much of it? Yeah. I mean, it probably won't stay true to the movie, right? It can't. I mean, true to the game, right? But I wonder how much they're really going to keep and not. And uh, it's going to be a well from the in-game event in Monster Hunter World. Uh, I can guess some of the major elements that are going on in that one. So <laughs> it tries to bookend some of the conveniences that they use in the film. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I saw a lot of uh, of Mila jumping around on top of monsters, so I feel like that's still that that was still there. <laughs> so maybe maybe that sticks around in the movie. I know she, they were interviewing her, and she mentioned that she's still open to doing more Resident Evil movies. So I wonder if that's a oh yeah. Uh, you only watch anime dub, right, Eddie? Most of the yes. I mean, sometimes I watch sub, but it depends. Okay, have you heard anything about uh, Jujutsu Kaisen? Yeah, and that one has been dubbed, so I am watching that one. Okay, good. Good. What's your thoughts so on far. it so far? So far, so good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Like I wasn't sure if I was going to because it was kind of advertised. I'm lack of a better term, advertised as like a, a horror shonen, and I'm not big on yeah. horror, honestly. But so far, this has been like like easy on the horror stuff. For me, at least just me. wait. Oh boy. I mean, it might be that I'm too into it, and then by the time whatever you're hinting at happens, I'll probably be too stuck to leave. But we'll see. Because I, ha- I do like yeah. it. I do like what I'm seeing so far. Mm-hmm. On a kind of similar note, I, I, an older, well, not older, it came out this year, but uh, <laughs> I think because of all the scheduling, it only came out dubbed now. Was um, Gelfer sort of a G. The big, it's that one where the guy turns into a big old stuffed animal. Oh, Glipner. Glipner, thank you. Yeah, whatever that's called. Yeah. That one just got dubbed and is being released now, and I watched two first episodes. And that one I also thought was going to be like, is this going to be too horror? Because it looks horrifying, and it is. <laughs> oh, I, I tried reading the manga, and it got to a point where it's like, I just didn't like any of the characters. And yeah. I actually got to the point in the manga when it stopped being horror and more Showing uh, battle stuff, ba- uh, ba- uh, yeah. like maybe closer to seinen battle. Yeah, the the op but... definitely hints you at that. Like the op doesn't let you think this is a, this is only going to be horror. But the first two episodes definitely lean in that direction, at least to a point. Yeah. But yeah, there isn't anybody likable in that show. But I, I think that's the type of show where that's the point. I don't think they, at least at this early stage of of, of the story want you to completely empathize with any of the characters. I think that's supposed to be kind of like this, like, that train wreck kind of thing going on. But yeah. that these people would have never interacted with each other at any point in their lives. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely something interesting to that. Like, it, there is, there is, like, you're, you're kind of seeing people flirt with, with, like, insanity, which is fun when it's fictional, <laughs> you know, especially in anime. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where they take it. It's, it looked like it was interesting enough to keep at it. 
Um, and yeah, I mean that's the newer stuff that's come out recently. I've been I've been I was big on Inuyasha, so I'm watching the 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 spin the sequel series now too. So I've been watching that. Uh, yeah, we only watched the first episode. Uh, what's the deal? That's a good question. I think it's just it's it's just nostalgia bait, really. I think. Well, what I mean is, whose child is who? Oh, well, they explain that after a couple episodes. But, okay. But the, I mean, not to give too much away, but it's they're really like not giving a lot of information about the parents, and all three of the kids. Ah, in other like, words, it's there's to definite... make sure that nobody's ship gets sunk. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, a little bit. Like you know who ends up with who, and you know. But theoretically, yes. And you know. But kind of. But NTR is a thing, you know. Uh, can we not talk about NTR? <laughs> you definitely know who's whose kid, except for one person. Like you don't know who the mom is, and for one, for a couple kids. But like Inuyasha and Kagome, you know who their kid is. It's obvious. Yeah. But they all don't know. They're all orphans because somehow the, the, all those main characters disappeared, and no one has explained what happened to them. They're referenced a lot uh, by the other characters, but no one has stopped. But they don't saying, realize their relationship to each other. They yeah they do eventually after a couple episodes, but okay. like but because they don't have they literally grew up without their folks, so that relationship is it almost doesn't matter, except for mm. one character. Only one character, the previously established relationship matters. Everything else is just like well now they're getting along on their own terms, which I guess is nice, but like. There is definitely a lot of like, oh my god, what happened to the old characters? Oh my god, what happened to the old characters? Oh my god, what happened to the old characters? But everybody but them cares. Everybody but the three protagonists of this story care. or So they don't care. This is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. But it's also fascinating to a degree. But uh, it's almost frustrating. It's almost frustrating. But it's kind of adorable and it's Inuyasha and it's nostalgia. Like, oh, what are you going to do? If you care about Inuyasha, it's hard to not care about this. Which may or may not be a problem. This could this could just be like, why why am I falling for this nostalgia stuff? Why? Why? I don't need because to Because nostalgia bake works. And the only other thing I can I can I can think of that justifies me watching this is that I'm still watching Fires Fire Force. So <laughs> there's my bar. Mm-hmm. Because I don't hate... I'm not hate-watching Fire Force. But it is a weird anime. And I don't get it. But I get it, but I don't get it. But I get I don't it, know. but I don't it's get it. It's a bit more straightforward than some of them, but... It's uh, too straightforward. I, I figured you'd be more interested in it because there's a lot of Christian overtones with yeah. some of the symbology. And I love that. But, like... There's so many characters. And... Power, the power. What's that word? That's that word. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Pyrokinesis. No, no. Power, power leveling. The power, power level. Power scaling. Power scaling. Yeah. Power well, scaling first is all, weird. There's no power scaling. That's just simply power sets. Yeah, yeah, but like it's like one character can totally own one character, but then the next episode they get beaten by another character, who in turn gets defeated by the other character really easy. Like there's no like. So how powerful are you, or not powerful, or are you super powerful but not powerful at all? In, in this, this case, Eddie, working... it's... go ahead. Go ahead. Ah, well, find that. 
Mm. David, go. The whole factor is that it doesn't work off the same thing that Dragon Ball Z does. It works off of more of like, oh, it works off of certain aspects. Because like, I'm pretty sure I know which two characters you're talking about. Like, this character is super powerful against this person, but super weak against that character is you're probably talking about like Arthur where he literally just has a plasma blade right I mean he's definitely one of them I think like Shinra has the same issue too like he fought his brother and his brother was supposed to be like uber powerful and another one with an Adola burst but then he fights the the muscly dude and he gets beaten by him I mean he doesn't ultimately lose to him but like like, why is okay, that why is that the way I would describe this is that instead of using, you know, power scaling and, say, power levels, it's more working off of the JoJo sort of thing of certain power sets work better in certain ways. Especially during, you know, whether or not certain confrontations just simply are a bad match, such as, you know, Shinra fighting, uh, I forget what the character's name is. The blindfolded uh, dude. I don't know his name. Yeah. Joker? No, no not Joker. Um, uh, you know the the karate guy. Oh, Karan. Uh, Karan, yeah. Yeah. Uh, simply because Karan's power set uh, really nullifies a lot of the, you know, straight up fighting styles that most characters would have. But also, it's like the last the last dubbed episode they released. Um, the magician girl and Vulcan were fighting against this lady with like a like a puppet puppeteer oh, oh yeah ability yeah and then she seems way OP but isn't but seems like it compared to those two characters because they had such trouble fighting her <laughs> I was like so she's really strong or are they really not strong or what's well, going on here <laughs> I think it's also a matter of learning their powers so it's a question of whether or not you know, exploring each other, figuring out which one has what strengths here or where, that sort of thing, or whether how much of it is surprise. And I'll say again, I'm like, I enjoy the show, but it's just that some something is a little hard to follow in that regard. And then the, I think the plot is moving. I think it's moving. Oh, it I is. Yes, it is. I, like, and again, I'm yeah. I, I am a sucker for all the overtones. Like I really, I am. Like I, I can't deny that. I'm all for that, even if they are the antagonists <laughs> to a degree. Well, Some the antagonists, the protagonists, the setting, things like that. Yeah, like like I'm all about that. Like I like it. And fire based abilities is sure I'm okay with that. Um, actually, my favorite fire ability so far is the the guy who who um, went with him to China, and can like. Like go super sane for a little bit. <laughs> that guy. Oh, um, the armament yeah. guy. The mm. the guy that gets basically fire tattoos. Yeah, that one. Okay. Like I like his power set the best, personally. I think my favorite is Juggernauts, but that's because you haven't seen his actual ability yet. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, it, it's like. In the um, in the sub, we've actually uh, we've finished up Fire Force, haven't we? Or we got yeah, like one. Uh, well, the last. season uh, ended like last week. Yeah. Ah, right. Um. So, 
like we they've started getting into uh, some of the much more higher aspects and they're catching up kind of fairly quickly with the manga which is probably a big problem <laughs> oh no filler arcs <laughs> we hope no filler arcs but like it could be unfortunately the fact that, like, this isn't one piece this isn't one piece where it's like occasionally um oda pops in to actually help write in filler arcs for the tv series uh but other times it's like uh but as of right now they haven't confirmed if it's getting what a season three yet Hopefully, yeah. I'm already invested. I need to see this to the end now. <laughs> well, the the manga is still uh, going through, but it's coming to a head in the manga at least. Oh, because uh, they, they we've gotten to a big turning point, and the anime has hinted at some of the events that are that are currently happening in the manga. All I can say is moon. Yay! Okay, I like. Right. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, and again, I like it, but it's just sometimes it, it does. Sometimes I do watch it, I'm like, man, what is this show? This show's wild. And I don't know if it's good, that's good or not yet. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. Yeah. The other, only other obsession I have right now is, is Tony Kawa. I'm obsessed with that anime. That, I even some, uh, Fly Me to the Moon. Oh. Uh, romance anime. Yeah. Okay. I'm obsessed with that one. I even bought the manga. Mm <laughs> hmm. Which I never do. I can. I'm looking at my bookshelf. I don't have that much, but I just added two books mm-hmm. because I don't know why. That, that I like that one. It's so good. So so good. Watch it. Watch it, everybody. Watch it. Do it. And with that, I think we're we're drawing to a close. I think we did it, everybody. And this time the recording didn't fail. I hope. Cross our fingers. I still see my my voice thing and the mixer moving, so that's a good sign. I hope. Yes. Boom. 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 Okay, we're good. Any final thoughts? Uh, nothing I can think of right now. Okay. So. This will probably be our last episode of the 2020 season. We're going to take a winter break. Mm. Probably, well, I wouldn't say maybe a new schedule. Well, probably not, because I think we're still, even if we change the day we record, we're still going to still release episodes. Post on yeah on the the days that we've determined yeah although depending on how we mix things up that might change a little bit but we'll 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 inform you once that happens <laughs> we'll take the next two weeks to deliberate on that there might be some changes coming yeah but not the stream the stream will still be on saturdays so look forward to those and with that i think we're good bye everybody watch our stream we're, we're gonna start doing cyberpunk so start looking into that which is gonna start soon technically but not for you because you're in the future. So, like Tenant. The past, the future, the past, the future. <laughs> Tenant. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been a presentation of Front Row Geeks. Adios.